0: Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, you'll have ad-free episodes, and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes.
1: And so I tell a lot of people, I'm based in LA, but I'll kind of go anywhere. But I definitely see LA as my home base and and kind of investing in my relationships here is something that has really paid off.
0: I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast
1: Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
2: Hi, my name is Brian Switchko of One Inc. We are a creative cohort and storytelling studio based in Los Angeles. I've been a listener of the We Are Tech podcast since the beginning. I've been a member of the We Are Tech community since the beginning. I am so happy and grateful to have known Esprit and watched the genesis of both, um, but I've remained a listener because of the warmth that she shares with her listeners and her audience but also the space that she makes uh, for her, her guests and the stories that come from that and then also to know that those stories aren't just stories they aren't just content uh, they're a part of a community and that community is something that can be experienced in so many different ways and the times that I've been able to meet other people and connect with them from the community have resulted in meaningful relationships and potent business partnerships and you know, it's so many situations where I can track back person-to-person, situation-to-situation over months and years um, and and just point to S3 as the catalyst for for what, you know, you look back and it's just it's just magic. Uh, I'm so happy and grateful for S3 and the We Are LA Tech community. I will continue listening, participating, and happily cheering for a very long time to come.
0: Today's personal spot is about over-delivering on customer experience. I can't tell you how much it it excites me to be able to truly see that I'm impacting someone's life. I recently curated a podcast cohort, and it's something I'm doing just once. I don't. I have no plan on having a cohort business or doing this again. But it's a thirty-day podcast cohort. I'm looking at my sheet right now. Ninety-two people who joined across twenty-two countries, and all of these ninety-two people, I look at every single day to see that they're taken care of. It excites me. It thrills me to be able to look at their name and see what's going on with them and the podcast art that they're creating and then the ideas they're coming up with and how they're syncing with one another and providing them resources from co-host matchmaking to creative co-working sessions for podcasting to all sorts of stuff, how to interview better, how to edit, like, it just thrills me to see them live on the Zoom call, thrills me to 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 see them like just leaning into what they love and being able to get things done. And that's not something to be automated. That's something where I want to spend personal attention and invest in, in every last person. And I know that's tough in today's, you know, world where we're told skill up and fast and blah, 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 and automate and Zapier and blah, blah, blah. There are... There are really smart ways to automate operations 100% and we all should. But like make sure like people your customers, your members are seen that you're we're delivering a, an extraordinary customer experience for them specifically that they're not just a number in in our computer programs. You know, anyway, I, it's just it's just so energizing to me to be able to interact with the, each of them and care about each of them. And I'm really I feel so lucky that I attracted these extraordinary people into my life. And I think you'll feel the same. Like as you really build and have that strong relationship with your members and your customers. It's just, it is a gift to be a part of their journey. Anyway, enjoy the next episode. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest, Josh, coming at us from Venice. Hello, Josh.
1: Hello, hello. Very excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. I mean, Josh, technically I lied. Your home base is Venice, but you're in the WeWork in Culver City. So maybe you could give us a little like idea of the of the vibe in the different areas of LA. But before we even get into that, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, thanks. So, um, yeah, I uh, I moved out here to LA like about 2 years ago. I've been generally on the west side. I really have enjoyed enjoyed Venice particularly. And yeah, I, uh, I got into to Web3 uh, over a year ago. You know, I started, you know, checking out Bitcoin is kind of where it all started. But I, I quickly realized that there was so much more to the space and the ecosystem. So now, you know, after kind of just delving in head first, I've been working with DAO tooling companies that are building community products for, um, you know, groups and, um, you know, investment clubs or, or whatnot that operate as DAOs. And you know my, my biggest and main interest area is really making Web3 tools more accessible um, and improving the user experience for you know, all of crypto and Web3. And so now I am investing with a fund called Impatient Ventures, um, which focuses on the kind of intersection between uh, consumer and Web3. And so making that kind of intersection really accessible for just regular consumers, regular people who aren't Web3 native, that's kind of what's most interesting to me.
0: And are you doing NFTLA?
1: Yeah, so I'm staying here for the full week, uh, hosting an event, and also just going to be kind of running around uh, to a bunch of the different events this week. So yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here all week. And then next week, I'll be in Miami for... Or I guess not next week, but the week after that, I'll be in Miami for um, for Tech Week, which I'm very excited about.
0: There's so much I want to get into. I think I'm going to ask my selfish questions first. Like, is this NFT Web3 thing here to stay? Like, I mean, because like in our community, we're all like, hell yeah, it is. But then in the more general audience, it's still pretty new. There aren't that many adopters when you compare it to how many people exist. So... How should we be looking at it in a more grounded, stable, practical way?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. So my general answer to this question is kind of two part. I think the the the, the short answer is, yes, it is here to stay. Um, but there is a longer kind of more nuanced answer as well. And I think what people who are outside of kind of or, or haven't yet participated in Web3 or NFTs or kind of whatever you want to call it. Um, for the people who haven't yet, the 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 way to think about what this all is, is it's really just brand equity. You know, at the NFT space and ecosystem is essentially the emergence of a bunch of new brands. Let's use Bored Ape Yacht Club as an example. Most people have heard of Bored Apes. Um, you know, they, they grew massively in popularity to the point where now it's like kind of a household name or at least people kind of recognize what it is. And really what that was, was it was a really concerted effort of brand building that led to kind of this, um, you know, gigantic, uh, you know, much larger than initially expected product and and community. And so at the end of the day, you can really think about that Uh, apply to really any brand, right? So if you think about your favorite brand, let's say you really, really like, you know, Allbirds shoes or something, right? Allbirds might decide to release an NFT and through the brand equity that they've built, they're now able to kind of capitalize on that and build a really, like build a foothold for their community in Web3. So I don't I think the I think the longer kind of like I said, more nuanced answer is like, yes, it's here to stay, but the caveat is that brands really brands, companies, organizations, whoever's releasing these products really have to be intentional about how they, you know, kind of make their first few steps in this space because that can really set the tone for how people perceive them and the credibility behind their brand.
0: I mean, we're not going to get into it too deep because this isn't an NFT podcast, but the one observation and and I'm curious in your involvement with impatient, you know, your perspective on all this is like even with Bored Apes, like it's a lot of celebrities bought into it and then people wanted to be associated with celebrities, which built up the hype machine. And even NFTLA, I haven't seen people so excited. I mean, yeah, we've been stuck inside for a couple of years, so I'm sure that has something to do with it. But like about an event to sell out so quickly and the whole city is buzzing about NFT. And while I'm seeing all these scams also take place in tandem, where's the fine line between this is our future and this is like a a big hype machine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point Uh, for me. And and I think various investors would, would give you a different answer, but for me uh, and a lot of the people that I work closely with um, the, the kind of unique, you know, uh, filter for a lot of this stuff is the people that's not too different than, you know, conventional investing in non web three projects. Right. I think it all comes back to, who the who and like who who are who's behind the project um whose idea is it who's the team right like i think these are all really important questions to ask and there are a lot of really great ideas both in web3 and and outside of web3 and i think the the people really behind these projects and the teams that are executing uh that's the differentiator for me so of course you know there are scams and there were early internet scams as well but but the the best people we're able to make the best products and build the best teams, and so that's really what I I kind of look at when when it you know comes to make a, a difficult decision.
0: I mean, I could be naive, so I'm saying this like I haven't gone deep journalism mode to find out if this is fact, but in my s- surface level research. <laughs> I trust Upstream for my NFT and Web three knowledge. I just I, the founder of Upstream, Alex, seems to be a really solid, legit, integrity driven guy. Again, I haven't deep dove this as as a journalist. It's just kind of like I've never heard any bad things. Who do you trust when it comes to knowledge about Web three and NFTs? Oh, and you know what? One else, Josh, Jim uh, Shark. I really like to pay attention to what Jim Shark is doing in this space, which is super random.
1: I think it's a really good question i think the, the the my kind of question as a response would be um you know what is the kind of level of understanding uh as a consumer of of new information in this space right so like for example if if you're brand new to the space i think upstream is a great resource um because it's teaching you a lot about what are nfts uh what is DeFi, uh you know how how should you set up a wallet and um, alex is a great kind of you know, provides great guidance to uh, a lot of kind of the basics of how do you get involved, right? Um, and then as you kind of work your way down the rabbit hole, so to speak, y- you'll you'll learn a lot more, you know, on various other platforms as well. So for example, rabbit hole is a great uh, learn to earn platform um, where you can basically take actions on chain and you're rewarded in crypto. Um, and like even Coinbase is doing something like this with Coinbase Earn, where you can basically earn a few bucks in uh, you know each native token by participating and answering a few questions. And so that's actually kind of how I first even started getting involved in this space, like you know almost a year and a half ago. Which was like I didn't really know a bunch of these different tokens, and I didn't really know what staking was or, or any of this stuff. Um, I just kind of decided to start fiddling around and, and doing things. And I think the people who are kind of willing to tinker a little bit um, and just kind of go onto Coinbase and scroll around and see what's going on, like that's kind of how I started the learning process, just from that curiosity. So yeah, I mean to answer your question kind of briefly, I think the I think there are a ton of resources. Um, if you're if you're new to the space, upstream's great. Once you kind of start to or, or even Coinbase, once you start to get a little bit more into this space, you know, rabbit holes really good. And then once you really have a, a, a good understanding and a good kind of basic framework for how to evaluate projects or things in this space, you know, go to CoinMarketCap, go to Masari, you know, and, and that way you can really delve into research uh, about specific projects or read the white paper of the projects to really get a good understanding of like, who's the team and what's the goal.
0: Totally. I think one more question before I, I dive out of this NF team realm. There's so many, um, so many events. And, you know, being that I, I've been in my career for a while, I have all sorts of perspectives about the pros and cons of events. Um, Definitely uh, being, uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with my background, I don't expect you to be, but like I built the first Action Sports Social Network and South by Southwest, huge part of me being plugged in. Big Omaha, huge part of me being plugged in into the tech world. There's all these NFT events. In order to be plugged into NFT and Web3, do you have to go to the events? And the reason why I ask that is I have a gut feeling you don't. I feel like you just, I feel like you could if you go to the events, you might get caught up in like the BS. And it's better to like, just really do your homework and find out who actually knows their stuff and just follow them specifically. And it has nothing to do with an event. Do you think I'm wrong?
1: So I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I will say this, my best relationships with people in this space are the relationships that I have, you know, fostered in real life. And I, I don't think that is um, siloed to web three in in any regard, right? Like, you know, you're always going to have the best, you know, professional, personal, et cetera, types of relationships with people that you interact with in real life. So I think these conferences and meetups provide, you know, that. And so that's really helpful, but I don't think in any way, shape or form, that means that if you don't go, you'll never understand the basics or you'll you'll never be able to get involved. One thing that I tell a lot of people to do is just get onto Twitter and just start doing, totally. try to figure out Twitter's who's
0: who all the way these days. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, Twitter spaces or even just, you know, go to, go to someone that you know, knows something about crypto and see who they're following and like really take interest in like who they're listening to. I think that's just like a big part of this is like a lot of people ask me, there's kind of like two questions people generally ask me one type of person will ask, you know, what, what should I buy? And the other kind of person is asking like, who should I listen to? And mm-hmm. I'm asking who are,
0: you should listen to.
1: <laughs> people in this space who are asking the latter, uh, I think are, are much more poised to actually, you know, kind of find success in this space because the get rich quick mentality of crypto, I think is coming to an end. And if not, has already come to an end. And so um, it's really about like, who should I learn from? um and so you know i like to be that resource for a lot of people um as well as just guiding them to people who are honestly smarter than me um and more experienced um i think you know having a general curiosity about this space is the best thing for an individual who's interested but yeah i i don't think you need to be at these conferences to to do any of that you know twitter's great Go onto the websites of these projects. Read the white papers. Like you know, yeah, they're they're dense sometimes, but if once you once you read a few of them, it, it becomes a lot easier. And yeah, I think it's really just a curiosity. You can make it work without flying all around the country. But for me, that is a really fun part of it, and it's a great way to kind of meet people.
0: Yeah, but you're also already plugged in, so you're you're going to your hive of people that you already trust and know that won't. Send yeah, you in the wrong, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I uh, I I have a very protective spirit, having been a community builder for several years. So I just want to protect my cubs and like, like don't (laughs) fall for the scams.
1: (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah.
0: Tell us more about Impatient.
1: Yeah, so uh, Impatient's a a new fund. Um, Yeah, our two partners, Jack Dreyfus and Lior Advar, they are both kind of well ingrained in the spaces in which they operate. So Jack is the Previous uh, chief strategy officer of Bolt, which is a one click checkout e commerce company. Um, Lior actually is the founder and CEO of two different companies. Um, Super impressive. Um, One of them is Alt, which is a platform for alternate liquidity um, for like trading cards and sports cards. And the other is Lob, which is a direct mail service. Um, And so, you know, between the two of them, they're really able to kind of cherry pick these. Founders uh, who are really, you know, well poised to execute in the in the space of consumer and FinTech and, and Web three. Our biggest value add for a lot of founders is really providing them with like their first, second, and third uh, customers, and really getting them from zero to one. Um, so, for example, we just helped uh, Hang NFT, which is like a small, you know, they they were raising, you know, uh, twenty, you know, one million dollars to to basically build the Squarespace for NFTs. And we brought in, you know, Shake Shack through some of our kind of network um, as as their first client and built up their client list from a kind of a business development perspective. And, you know, just this past week, now they're getting term sheets at, you know, $80 million. Uh, So it's really exciting for us to kind of be right in the passenger seat of the founder, kind of helping them navigate those first few months as a founder. Um, and really kind of helping them get a foothold for, you know, how do I get this idea into a, a you know, a product that's, that's making money and that's driving revenue. And so um, that's super exciting to see the fledgling kind of nascent, you know, Web3 startups kind of take off. And also just, you know, being in the position to kind of work with founders, not just invest in them. And I think that's a, a trope that I'm seeing, you know, and I'm hearing over and over again, which is obviously liquidity is readily available in the market right now. Um, you know, what else is a value add for investors, right? Like, how else are they putting um their money where their mouth is, and how else are they kind of helping founders build?
0: And if I'm hearing you correctly, Impatient is a hybrid of a incubator and also Impatient invests. Am I hearing you right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so we work alongside founders um, as well as invest in them. Um and yeah we are we are kind of stage agnostic but we really gravitate towards those really early you know pre-seed and seed stage companies yeah
0: And how much do you invest and what do you look for for everyone listening that might be the right fit uh how would they know if they're the right fit
1: Yeah so check sizes range um you know we've done both SPVs um and you know we we will be raising our kind of initial first fund really soon. And one of our, um, you know, really a differentiator for founders that, that we're looking for is kind of the, you know, the ability to kind of execute when things get really tough. You know, one of the things that I think is helpful then is like, sometimes you get founders that can do everything else, except they just need the dots connected for them to, to really get off the ground. And so we're looking for, for, for teams that, you know, basically are ready to go they just really need, you know, a network, and so, you know, yeah, basically brilliant founders, you know, either with uh, technical co-founders or, or, um, you know, experience in the niche in which they operate, but are just kind of maybe lacking like that first big customer, but but all of the rest of the synergies are there. Um, that's kind of who we're looking for, and then more generally speaking, like anyone who's really innovating in the space of um, where money is going. So what I mean by that is like. You know, money now looks different than it did 10 years ago. You know, now most of the money that we see operates It may physically disappear
0: one of these days. <laughs>
1: right, right. So, so I think we're looking for people who are innovating in that space. So like what's really interesting for us is like fintech products and Web3 products that are bridging the gap and making, you know, this space more accessible. Um, and, and what I mean by that is like most Web3 products are used by people in Web3 right now. Um, they're not used by people who are just everyday consumers. And like, that's a huge issue. And it's talked about a lot in this space. And so, you know, we want to support the the founders and the builders who are actually doing something about it. So if that kind of sounds like something that you're building, I would be more than happy to talk to you if you're a founder. And if it sounds like something that you're already building that, you know, really you just need funding for, yeah, please contact me.
0: Do they just go to impatient.vc?
1: Yeah, you can go to inpatient.vc. I'm also on Twitter, shoot me a DM. They're wide open and I check them every day. Um, Can you um,
0: spell your handle? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's at Josh Lichman, J-O-S-H-L-I-T-C-H-M-A-N.
0: And we'll include it in the show notes too. Josh, you seem to be very long LA. Are you all about LA and other cities? And are you from LA originally?
1: No, so I'm, I'm from Massachusetts originally. I grew up in a suburb of Boston called Needham. And yeah, I would say, so LA is actually the seventh city that I've lived in. So I've I've jumped around quite a bit. I did a a bunch of the cities on the East coast. um, And then, yeah, like just over two years ago, I moved out here. I really, really like LA. Personally, for me, it's a place where I find that I can really work and and also not burn out. Um, And so for me, that's almost the most important thing. Um, I do really like other cities Uh, but I think I'm the longest on LA. I mean, New York, for example, it like holds a special place in my heart. Uh, My parents met there and grew up there. And so for me, you know, New York almost feels a little bit like home. And so I like to go there like for a week at a time and then leave. But but yeah, I mean, to me, really like the place where I see myself kind of uh, for the the next longer period of time is LA and probably California as a whole. Um, But I think there are really exciting cities that are kind of making a name for themselves right now, Miami being one of them, you know, especially within the community that we're in, just tech has exploded down there within the last year and a half. And, you know, I don't think there's any denying that. So I do think, you know, the cool thing about, you know, the world in which we live in now post-COVID is like, there's just a lot more fluidity in where people are located. And so I tell a lot of people, I'm based in LA, but I'll kind of go anywhere. But I definitely see L.A. as my home base and and kind of investing in my relationships here is something that has really paid off.
0: You know, one thing, one trend that I'm noticing in L.A. and I really like it and I hope it gets a lot more rampant is uh, dinner parties in L.A. And I think you're doing that, too. It's everybody's. Do, do you know Nate Tepper?
1: Yeah, that name sounds pretty familiar.
0: He did a great dinner party in L.A. focused on Web3. And I think a lot of people in Web3 are doing these kind of dinner party series. What are What is your view on, you know, what the community needs to continue to be thriving in Los Angeles and, and this new way of networking, which is dinner? I mean, it's not really new. Keith Ferrazzi to, to has a whole book series on it. But, and then there's also art of the gathering, but you know what I mean? It's trendy in LA all of a sudden.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like, I I think it's really, really great. So I actually was at a dinner party last night and it was fantastic. I ended up meeting the co-founder of Cameo, uh, just sitting right next to him. Um, Yes, that's dope. Also just like talking to some of the most brilliant people that I have met. Josh Ong was at the table um, and it was just like, you know, basically I think like 20, maybe 25 people sitting around a giant table and like, it's fantastic. You know, you end up in a group chat at the end of the night and these are people that, you know, now you have built relationships with over a meal. And that's really kind of like, you know, from a, from kind of like a a sociology kind of perspective, that's a, you know, that's a great way to build relationships, right. Um, Over, over a meal. Um, It actually gives you the time to really you know, dive in with someone and and learn about them much more so than like a zoom call. And so I'm very bullish generally on like dinners, you know, group dinners. And so that's my favorite way to network. I think a lot of other methods feel forced. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's really just about like organizing things with groups of like 20 to 30 people to kind of create intimacy Um, and then also, you, you know, you never want to feel like you have to, you have to talk to every single person there. Uh, you don't want to be like speed dating. So yeah, that's like, that's my, that's, that's kind of like what I'm excited about. Like I'll definitely be doing some more events here in LA. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I think that's a, a great way to do it. The one like drawback of doing things like that in LA is that if, you know, LA, everything in LA is pretty spread out. So other cities like New York, it's very easy to say like everyone just like, you know, walk or take the train over to my place at L.A. In L.A., it's like a little bit harder logistically. But, you know, if you're all meeting up at a restaurant or at someone's house, like you can still definitely make it work. And that's one way that uh, I'm looking forward to kind of building and fostering more relationships.
0: And if you're if you're new to L.A. or just looking to build community in L.A., how do you get invited to one of these dinners or how would you go about creating a di- hosting a dinner of your own?
1: For for me, at least, you know, I really like to um, kind of like make a formal event. And so I'll use like Luma or. or oh, Partyful. by the way, I
0: love Luma. I saw you put yeah. that in the pre-podcast notes. I'm like, yes, I'm such a fan of Luma. <laughs> L-U yeah, dot a little, M-A. It's the best thing ever.
1: Yeah, it's really convenient. So I, uh, you know, we'll create an event on there. And then like advice for people, I would say, just like do the same thing, you know, go onto one of those sites, create your event. And then like, you know, I usually just like reach out to friends, like closest friends first and say like, Hey, like, is this something you're interested in? And then also like, who else would be interesting to bring to this? And so like for this, you know, for, for the event that we're throwing this week, you know, I just reached out to a few of the CPG founders that I know. And, you know, before we knew it, we had like two beverage companies who are in just like bring their products for free. And so like, we don't really even need to buy food. Like, you know, these things kind of happen, you know, spontaneously. So it's really like read kind of my advice is reach out to your network, see who, you know, who can really like make this happen and then like give them some incentive to like want to show up, you know, a hundred percent. And then, and then, yeah, like it's just kind of the network effect that you build for yourself. So. Um, yeah like finding a place finding find a place find food find friends and just like make it happen and it may not be like you know your first event might not be like the most insane one but like you'll get in kind of the swing of it and before you know it people will just start hearing about oh like that sounds like a cool event like how do i how do i do that and just be you know reachable
0: And for those of you who don't have a network, which we all have to start somewhere, or maybe you're really introverted like I am, I only present extroverted, follow the hashtags on Twitter, long LA, uh, tech LA, Silicon beach. If you follow, or even in your own, if you're outside of Los Angeles listening, look up your startup cities, hashtags on Twitter and just start meeting people. Josh and I met through Twitter.
1: Yeah, I don't I think remember the other one, like, how
0: I came across your tweet, but yeah.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, like the other, the other, like cool, like tidbit. I would say here is, you know, everyone probably has someone that they know who's relatively well connected, and really just like try to, you know, ask for ten minutes of their time. And, and I, the 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 one thing I would really say that's important is like, ask them what they need help with that's a really great way to start building your network is to ask people what they need. Um, if you can be helpful for people first before they've done anything for you, um, you know, that's just a good place to be as far as like a relationship goes, if you're the the giver. Um, and so that's kind of what I would say. I know that's kind of a, um, that takes more time than just kind of a hashtag on Twitter, those are really great ways to kind of find like what's hot, what's trending and like, where should you go on a, maybe on a Thursday night. But as far as like building network, I think what's really important is to, um, you know, focus on relationship building, um, you know, understand that it's not an overnight thing and, you know, be okay with kind of doing things for other people before you see anything from it, because that's like, you know, that's the kind of hack to really building any kind of community.
0: I mean, building community is one of the most uh, difficult and exciting things ever. I could get into like hours long conversation on that. Let's do a quick fire round, Josh. Um, who is, a, speaking of community, who is a must follow either person or company based in LA that you've come across recently?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. My must follow person is uh, Rex Woodbury. He's based in SF, but he comes down to LA every once in a while. I think that he's probably one of the most thoughtful and outspoken uh, thought leaders in not only Web three, but just in generally in like the ownership economy uh, and creator economy space. He's a VC at Index Ventures, and I just think he has a lot of really good things to say. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend checking out um, kind of everything that he posts. Um, he has a really good Substack uh, that he publishes, I believe, weekly called Digital Native, and Um, if you're interested in any part of kind of the creator and ownership economy, which is what web three kind of falls under, um, I would definitely recommend checking that out.
0: Awesome. And what is an activity that you recommend that we do here?
1: Uh, in LA? Yeah.
0: It could be hiking or restaurant, maybe both if you have one of both.
1: Yeah, totally. Solstice Canyon trail in Malibu kind of Hills is one of my favorite hikes of all time. Um, so highly, highly, highly recommend that. Um and yeah, restaurants. I mean, I'm a I do love like Great White in Venice. I know that's kind of like a basic answer, but that is
0: it's so good. good. It's so good. And if someone right now is exploring between moving to Miami or moving to LA for tech, what would you say? How how should they make their decision?
1: Yeah, I think a big part of the decision, at least for me, was like, what lifestyle do I want to live, um, and then where do I where do I want to work? Because you can always like fly somewhere to to meet up with people in a city, but um, where you decide your home base is is going to dictate a lot about what your days look like. And so for me, LA was kind of the easy the easy choice, just because the lifestyle here is just so pleasant. Um, you know, obviously the weather is great, but like most people like to be outdoors and, you know, there's great food and, you know, it's somewhat walkable in, in, in some of these neighborhoods like Venice or Santa Monica. Um, and so, you know, for me, I just, I, I really, I really came here for, for kind of what I thought it was. And I stayed for the lifestyle that I built. Um, and So yeah, I, I can't really say, hey, like, the, the lifestyle of here would not be sustainable in Miami. But I do know that like obviously different cities have different cultures and even mm-hmm. the c- cities kind of or the neighborhoods within LA have their own cultures. So you can, you know, I can't say that I couldn't live that lifestyle in Miami, but I, I really do kind of like my, I'm a person of routine, like very seriously. So um, I've just kind of fallen in love with the routine that I've built here and, and it's made me really love staying.
0: Awesome. Josh, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are La Tech podcast. Any last thoughts before we wrap up, uh, whether it's something we could do to support and accelerate your success or something that you'd like to maybe speak more on that we didn't touch base enough for you?
1: So funny enough, I just started writing again. I literally posted a mirror piece today. Um, And so I'm kind of turning back on my, or getting my writing gears going. So I just tweeted this maybe an hour or two ago, um, that, uh, I kind of just started posting again on mirror. So if you're not familiar with mirror, it's basically a web 3 content creation platform where you can write, um, and everything is on chain, which is kind of cool, but the user interf- uh, interface is, you know, very, it's very much like a medium, uh, or, or sub stack. So, Mirror.xyz, and the piece that I read is called "Web3 Has a UX Problem: Reflections on the User Experience of Web3 and Token-Based Applications." It's not a—it's not a dense read at all. It, the whole point is that it's uh, pretty easy to get through. Just looking for support from a from a writing perspective because it's not something that I've ever thought I'm incredibly good at, but I'm getting back into it, so I'm, I'm excited. Awesome,
0: and we'll include the link to your tweet in the show notes as well. Have you heard of Ship Thirty? I don't think so. I'm in love. Uh, Ship 30 is a writing cohort by these two guys, Dickie Bush and Nicholas Cole. And um, not Web3, although they both are deeply into and interested in Web3 like you are. But it is just, it, it helps you master digital writing. And I just, it's hard to explain. Their community is like bar none. Their education is amazing. I've, you know, I aspire to write a phenomenal book one day so i'm i'm a total fangirl on nicholas cole like i just his writing abilities i'm just like oh i have to get there you know Yeah. Um, Yeah. but yeah ship 30 it's really really cool i am i'm an annual member so i've been in i don't know seven or eight of their cohorts at this point
1: okay sweet i'll check that out for sure
0: Josh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at wearelatech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, here. you guys in the next episode. Bye.
1: Bye. Hey, this is Josh Lichman, VC at Impatient Ventures, investing in the intersection of consumer and Web three, based in Venice. You're listening to We Are LA Tech.